Welcome back, family. This week's guest is one of the hardest working men in the business. With roles in some of the most influential films in the last 30 years, Kareem Grimes has become recognizable instantly to fans. This week he joins us and talks about the realities of being a working actor of color in the business, his first big break, and what the future holds for one of the best young actors in the game. We know you're going to enjoy this one, so let's go. Yes, sir. Hey, man. Hey, hey, hey. First, let me tell you, I appreciate this. I know you're taking the time out of your day, and uh, we really do appreciate everything. So, um, how's things going? Man, my pleasure. Man, just grinding, man. That's it. (laughs) Just just grinding it out, brother. That's it, man. L.A. and, uh, you know, just putting in the footwork and shit, getting in where I fit in, man. (laughs) Well, coming from the land of snow and ice. We want to say welcome to the to the show. <laughs> For sure, man. I appreciate man. that. Everybody on the East Coast is extremely jealous and angry at all of you out there. Yeah, well, it's it's a it's a sixty six degrees, a little overcast, but you know, so you're typical gonna, LA. You're just gonna put a degrees on it just so it, it really hurts. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's all right. That's okay. You know, one day oh, uh, it'll be warm <laughs> here again. Won't bust yeah, my ass know, coming out the I, door. I but... already know that. <laughs> <laughs> well, if it makes y'all feel better, I, I heard we're getting rain tomorrow, so you know yeah, that, that makes y'all feel. That so does nothing. Better. That does nothing for anyone. <laughs> it, it does nothing. <laughs> that does nothing at grab, all. Uh-huh. Grab an umbrella. We don't care. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so listen, man. No um, no first of all, like I said again, thank you. Uh, uh-huh. I've been looking at your IMD page, doing a. You know, a little bit of research, not too much. And um, was there a okay. year that you haven't worked in the last 15 years? Because God, God. <laughs> <laughs> Man, let me tell you something. That is just good, man. I've been, uh, I've just been blessed, man, to just stay busy. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's not major, you know, it's definitely either creating content, uh, you know, having friends who are in the business or having uh, friends who do create content. Um, you know, give me a call and say, Hey man, let's, let's, let's shoot something. We want you to be a part of something. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm always with it, man. Cause I feel, you know, you just, you know I'm saying you're, you're a tool each and every day, man. All right. So I guess let's, let's, uh, let's do this. Let's start at the beginning. Um, before, mm-hmm. before the first role, where are you from? I'm from Eaglewood, California, man. Born and raised. Born and raised, man, and uh, yeah, been here all my all my life. I lived in I lived in Chicago. Okay. For um, I lived in Chicago for about three years because um, my mom is from Chicago, so that's where uh, my mom. She had my sister, who's uh, younger, in Chicago, so we stayed out there, and then uh, came back came back to um, came back to LA, man. So you you're uh, in the shadow of the the form. Hey, hey, brother, let me tell you this. This is a crazy thing. I was ra- I was born on 99th and Crenshaw, which is right around a corner from the form. Okay. How about that. So I'm 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 Lakers Lakers all day. We're not gonna talk about how the Lakers are doing. I don't want to depress you at this hey, point. Hey, listen, listen, <laughs> I listen. I me neither. I'm not gonna even speak on it no more. It is what it is. <laughs> so it is what it is. We in a rebuilding stage right now. 
Yeah, that's that's the word for it. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> so how does how does one go from Inglewood to? I mean, it's right there in front of me, so I have to say Hollywood. Um, man, it's you know it's it's not too much of a far stretch, man. Uh, to be honest, man, and it's something that as a uh, as a young lad is uh you know I wanted to do. Um. You know, growing up, I used to entertain my mom's friends and family, and, you know, they used to call me Baby Flip Wilson. Okay. Uh, and for those of those, for those who are a little bit younger, Flip Wilson, you got to do your homework. Flip Wilson, like, was one of the, you know, top comedians, um, and still is, you know what I'm saying? God bless him, but, you know, he, he, he was one of those guys who, you know, definitely paved the way for the, the Martin Lawrences to do the Shanaynays and the Wandas and all that other stuff. From there on, it was on. So you just took your talent that you start auditioning right away, or you go the the high school well, play uh, route. I got I got into uh, I got into uh, I got into um, acting class, okay. and my acting class was uh, with Marla Gibbs. That was my first acting class, which was Marla Gibbs. And Marla Gibbs is every you know people know two two seven Jefferson. She had a. Um, she had an acting studio uh, on Crenshaw Boulevard, right across the street from the Angeles Funeral Home that is uh, worldwide known on Boys in the Hood, where they got pulled over by the police. Police mm-hmm. Right. That that's Angeles Funeral Home. Her her studio was right across the street, man. So I started off there, and you know I had teachers. I was blessed. I had teachers like. You know, Whitney Mayo, who played Grady on um, on Sanford and Son, you know what I'm saying, and Ed Cambridge, mm-hmm. you know. So these are, like, people that, you know, I studied up under. And, um, you know, from there on, man, it was on. It was just like, you know, my mom, you know, it's just like with anything with a child. You know, you put them in something to see, you know, how well they adapt to it, if this is something that they want to do. And, you know, I told my mom, you know, this is what I want to do. And, you know, we just pursued it and stayed in her acting class and, you know, um, kept taking courses, uh, you know, while while I was going to, you know, school. And then in the summer, I was there all summer doing performing arts, stage compact, dancing, modern dancing, the whole nine, man, just really embodying and embracing everything about the arts. So when did you realize you weren't just okay at it? You, this was going to be a career, something you were really good at. Yeah, man, just uh, just you know, it's like with anything, man. I love Malcolm Gladwell's, um, you know, book, The Tipping Point, where you know it's ten thousand hours, man. Mm-hmm. It's just about being ten, you putting your ten thousand hours to be the best at what you can, at what you are, man. And and that's what it was for me, was um, really just you know. Staying in, staying in class, working on my instrument, man, being the best that I can be, and then I actually going out there performing, and people actually giving me the feedback and say, hey, you know, you're a solid performer, you do good work, you know what I'm saying, and not letting that get to my head, but actually building on that and saying, okay, well, I need to get better, you know what I'm saying, I need to do this more, I need to do that more, I need to get better, and you know, constantly to this day, man, I still take classes and I'm constantly working on perfecting my craft. So from the classes to what was listed as your first role, which oddly enough was across the street from where you were studying, Boys in the Hood. Mm-hmm. 
Right. How does that come about? Yeah. Um, crazy thing is that I, uh, I was a, uh, I was an extra, man. Mm-hmm. I was an extra on, uh, Boys in the Hood. And, you know, um, you know, we were at lunch, uh, and, uh, at lunchtime, you know, John Singleton, uh, you know, I was just, and John Singleton came up to me and was just like, yo, um, you know, I'm going to give you a couple of lines to say. You know, and I'm I'm 12 years old going on 13. I'm like, cool. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, uh, you know, from that point on, man, you know, it was on. It was, that was my, that was my first, John Singleton gave me my first break as far as a speaking role. And, uh, um, you know, from that point on, man, it was on. You know, I was excited and, you know, that, that, that was, that was it. That was the, that was the, the, the start of it, man. That was the start of it. And from there on, you know, I was just talking to a friend of mine, like at 12, 13 years old, man, you're not knowing how much of an impact this movie is going to be on, on, on pop culture. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Very day, you know, he just, I'm just a young kid, glad to be out of school on set in my element, you know what I mean? Doing right. what I do. And, you know, for this film to, to you know, to pretty much set the standard. <laughs> yeah, it, it the pretty bar. much um, launched the amazing. next generation of uh, black films. I mean. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Man. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. And uh, like I said, man, it's just a blessing to have that on my resume and to say that I was a part of that whole situation. And and not to to ignore the next John Singleton film you were in. I mean, <laughs> do you just yeah, pop yeah, up in yeah, black classics? Hey. Yeah, yeah, baby boy, man. It was funny. I was finishing up uh, my last year in college, man, and um, John Singleton stays literally in the neighborhood. Like, okay. I live, like, in the Crenshaw area. He stays up in there. So it's mm-hmm. like he's not, you know, a Hollywood guy that's, you know, living in the hills or whatever. He was in Baldwin Hills, which is a predominantly uh, African-American community, old money, um, you had a lot of stars that stayed there, um, black stars, but John stayed there and we will always see each other in traffic. King Boulevard, Crenshaw, mm-hmm. the whole nine. And, um, uh, no, my mom saw him. My mom was like, John said, call him. And I'm like, all right, cool. So I called him. He was like, yo, come to the office. Cause his office was right in the Crenshaw area, uh, which is called, um, Lamert Park. Okay. And, uh, you know, went there and he was just like, yo, man, I'm, uh, I'm doing a movie. You know, I'm doing a movie and, uh, you know, I want you to be a part of it. You know, I want you to, you know, see how films are made, see how a film is put together. And, uh, he was like, yo, you want to be my assistant? And I was like, yeah, that's dope. You know what I'm saying? And then from there on, you know, seeing the whole audition process, because I was there when Tyrese, you know what I'm saying? Was auditioning and I was there. I was actually videotaping Taraji and Tyrese's uh, audition. Okay. You know what I'm saying? And I was there when John gave Taraji the role. You know, um, so it was it was amazing, man. And then John put me and Tyrese together um, because this was Tyrese's first film, and mm-hmm. John knew. You know, I've been in the in the game for a minute, and uh, he just had me kind of, you know, just kind of really coached Tyrese and you know we became good friends and 
you know, like I said, from that point on, man, it was it was on, like, and John was just like, yeah, so, yeah, you're going to be this character. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so here I am as an assistant, and then also I'm in the movies as well. So, you know, it was, it was like I said, it was a blessing, man. Did y'all feel like a sense of pressure to hit one out of the park, if you will, like you had to to be successful? No. The, the... No, this is the deal. Because John, at, at this time, though, remember, this is maybe, what, we're talking about 10, 10, 15 years after, uh, not even 10. Mm-hmm. But, you know, a few years after, you know, Boys in the Hood, Menace of Society, you know, all that. And here it is, John comes up with another, as we say, a hood classic right. that really portrays young African-American couples and what young African-American men go through, you know, on, on a daily basis from a perspective, in, you know, in Los Angeles, but it's really more broad. Everybody mm-hmm. can relate to it. Right. So John knew offhand that it was a hit, you know what I mean? Because it had never been done before, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying, in that fashion. So John was just excited and hyped, man. And for me, born and raised in L.A., being a young African-American male, the situations that Tyrese went through, we go through. You know what I'm saying? Living in the neighborhood and, you uh, you know, people associate you with a certain gang or whatever. And, you know what I mean? It's, 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 it's like that. And just really, you know, making sure that you, you know, you just stay, stay out of harm's way and stay in your lane and just watch your surroundings. So from Baby Boy, you know, you're coming off of this high. It looked like you um you did a lot of TV in between. Was there is yeah, that just a way to keep you out TV. there, or were you working yeah, on things man, behind it's, the it's, scenes? Nah, that's just you know, as an actor, you know, you're just looking for the next project, man. Mm. You know, you're only hot as your last project. Mm. You know what I mean? So after that, I, literally, it's funny. After Baby Boy, I didn't even go to the uh, I didn't go to the premiere. Because I end up booking the MC Hammer story, right. and I was out in Houston for like three months. So I end up doing the MC Hammer story um, right after we finished rapping uh, "Baby Boy," and uh, you know, end up you know doing that with Romney Malco and uh, Royale Watkins and uh, Tangi Miller, and uh, that was a great experience, man. For you know, for VH1 to be part of somebody who I grew up with, with the concerts, you know, but the right. you know, his life, you know, so after that, I did MC Hammer, and then from there on, I just started doing TV shows like CSI, Boston Public, um, ER, uh, some other shows. I Let, came let's on. just be honest, you were on everything from 2001 to 2010. Yeah. <laughs> if there was a yeah, show like on network television, <laughs> if yeah, it was on yeah, network was, television, you yeah, were on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a show on network television. I, I was I was on it, man. Just, you know, like I said, just just by the grace of God, man, just being able to still be able to uh, to work and, and get out there and uh, you know be consistent because it's tough, man. You know, it, it's a stint where you know I went maybe a year or two, uh, a year or two without a uh, a year or two without work. You know what I'm saying? So it's just you know being appreciative and appreciating and grateful for, for the work that you, uh, that you do, book, you know what I'm saying? So not to just glorify what, what's successful, what, what goes into the time when you don't have the next job on the way? How do you keep man, work, motivated? Working, working, working side jobs, man. I, I, I pride myself on, 
being a working actor, and that means that if you're not working on set, you are, you know, working a job, wherever that may be, man. I worked everywhere. I worked at FedEx. I worked at Hot Dog on the Stick. I worked at Foot Locker. I worked at Lady Foot Locker. You know what I'm saying? I worked at research groups and, you know what I'm saying, Did different odd jobs. And the thing is, is that I don't have an ego. You know what I'm saying? To where, oh, I would go in, people are like, oh, man, I saw you on such and such. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm getting this check, though. Bills got to be paid. You know what I'm saying? I don't believe <laughs> right. in being a starving artist, you know, because I don't like ramen noodles. You know what I mean? I like fish. <laughs> and, you know, I like shrimp. I, you know what I mean? I, I like I like turkey meat on my sandwich. You know what I mean? I don't want no just mayonnaise and mustard. I, I want I want some turkey in there, some lettuce, tomatoes, and avocado. Now don't you front know, on the ramen. You know yeah. you got a you know you got a recipe in there. Everybody's got a ramen recipe. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So for me, it was just like you know, stay working, man, because bills come, man. And you know, if you you finish a project, a lot of people don't understand. It may take two weeks to get paid. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. once it airs, it takes about 13 weeks to get a residual check. Right. You know, so 13 weeks, what you doing between 13 weeks? <laughs> you know what I mean? Bills can't collect. You know what I mean? Got to pay cell phone wheel, rent, everything. So, you know, you're just going to sit around and say, well, I got a check coming, hopefully. You know what I mean? To pay this bill. So, you know, you just you, you do what you have to do, man. You know, I always tell people, your 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 side job is not your 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 end all be all. It's mm-hmm. just a stepping stone. You know, use it, learn from it, and apply it to your life. Whatever it may be, there's always a lesson. There's always something that you can learn that you can be able to apply to your life. Um, working at that job, you know, and that's what I do, man. I, I keep a I keep a job. I keep about three or four jobs. I'm looking for another <laughs> one right now. <laughs> You is know, it hard to find a job? Is it is it hard to find a job where they're willing to just say, okay, you're going to be gone for a month it or two is. months? Yeah, it is. It's uh, but you know that's the that's the chance you take. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, like I said, I've been I've been blessed to you know find jobs that are pretty lenient and open. But at the same time, when I'm interviewing, you know, I let them know, hey, I'm an actor. And of course, some of them say, oh yeah, I, oh really? I, I remember you say do look. Familiar. I saw you on this, and I saw you on that. I'm just like, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, I that that is my passion, that's my career. And just to let you know, while I'm here, I'm gonna give you 110. percent But if I get that call, two fingers. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And and that's and that's what it is, you know. And then you have some people that do, you know, waitressing jobs and promo gigs, and mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying. Out here now, you got. Uber and Lyft and all these other little things. So you can be able to, you know what I'm saying, make ends meet hustling. It's just on how hard, how hard you want to hustle and, you know, what you're willing to do. Now tell me about the Jarhead experience. Does that man, movie that seem to come out of nowhere? Yeah, man. Uh, wow. Um, 2004, I was working at FedEx. I was working graveyard from like, Man, what was I working? I was working, I was working like one o'clock in the morning. No, going in at twelve, working until about seven to eight o'clock in the morning. Twelve, twelve midnight to eight, eight, eight a.m. And uh, still auditioning, you know, still keeping the faith. Um, and uh, I went on audition, 
didn't hear anything. Um, then uh, got a call back, went, didn't hear anything a couple of weeks later. And then my agent was like, yo, um, Sam Mendez wants to meet you. You know, this is a director. This is an Oscar award-winning director. And uh, <laughs> it's so funny, man. I I drove down to Santa Monica. Uh, he was staying at Shutters, man. And, you know, it was, I met with a man. In, in and in, I'm sorry, let me take that back. I met with him at Universal Backlot, sat in his office, and we just talked. You know, he just talked about, you know, asked me questions and, you know, where I'm from and this and that. And, um you know, from that point on, man, he was like, well, you know, hey, welcome aboard. And I was just like, yo, this is crazy. Not knowing what, you know, what I'm what I'm about to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like I said, it was a blessing, man. And, you know, that I spent six months on that film. That's probably the longest I've worked on a film. And it exposed me to so much, man. You know, being able to be around Jake Gyllenhaal and, you know, Laz Alonzo and, you know, Brian Garrity and, you know, Lucas and, and you know, Dennis Haysberg and, you know, Christopher Cooper, like all these major cats mm-hmm. and really learning the ins and outs of it, of, you know, a character bio, you know what I mean? And just homework, like we had homework. It just mm-hmm. wasn't, here are your scripts and like we had homework, we had marine training, we had accelerated training. We, you know, we shot at four different spots. We were in Mexico, Yuma, Arizona, Backlot of Universal, um, you know, uh, everything, man. And that was actually my first time being on a private jet. They flew us private jet. So, you know, I got my taste at a, at a PJ at a Clearport. And I was just like, oh, man, I, I think I made it. <laughs> but uh, being able to work on that film, man, and this is the year that Jamie Foxx won the Oscar for Ray. So mm-hmm. being around Jamie picking his brain, you know, me and Jamie, we used to, after we finished rapping, we would go find the gym and go shoot basketball, shoot around, you know what I'm saying? So just being around him, the stories that he's telling and just, you know, picking his brain and, you know, it was, it was a, it was a blessing, man. Like I said, it, it was, it was a straight blessing to be around that type of talent. And then Sam Mendez, um, you know, you can't ask for nothing more, man. And, you know, that was, that was great. That was great. So you had the benefit of working with some pretty big name uh directors. Yeah. Yeah. Does it did it ever give you the the I guess that directing bug? Have you ever felt like moving to the other side of the camera? Yeah, I have. I have. Okay. Um I've directed some independent um joints that I've actually co wrote and starred in myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, that eventually that is the end game. Um is to be able to direct as well. Um, but, you know, like I said, my goals right now is to, you know, get on a TV show, um, have that run for, you know, six, seven seasons, eight seasons, you know what I'm saying? And in between television, do film, you know, and uh, and then, you know, like I said, start slowly going into directing. But I've been I've been directing, uh, you know, just content for myself. Uh, but definitely, you know, that is the end game is to be able to direct. So you would say directing is more fulfilling for you or, you know, it's kind of equal? I think it's equal. I think it's everything because, like I said, I love what I do. So I'm inviting everything that's in this business Mm -hmm. from producing, directing, you know, writing, everything, everything. Is it easier being a director having been an actor? Um, 
Or is it like with Jordan, it he helps. couldn't coach because it's, it, it's it, the, it, no, it helps because there, there are a lot of, you got Fred Savage, who was on Wonder Years, who directed, mm-hmm. you got Kevin Hooks, uh, who I've worked with. He was on White Shadow. He's, he's directing. Um, you know, you got Alfonso Ribeiro, uh, directing now, you know what I mean? Carlton from the, from Fresh Prince. So it's a little bit easier because you're around it. You know what I mean? So you're seeing, you're around different directors and you're picking their brain and you know what I mean? You kind of develop your, your eye of how you want to tell a story, you know? So I think it, I think it becomes easy. It's so funny. I was just talking to my boy, Ron Rico, who's on, uh, Survivor's Remorse. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was saying, you know, he's he's praying that, you know, going into this third season that he'll be able to direct an episode, you know, because that's his end game too. And I'm just telling him, I'm like, dude, y'all had third season, you know, that should be a noble <laughs> for them to so let right. you, you know, if not write an episode, if not definitely direct an episode. So yeah, traditionally, know, that's where you do start saying those names. Yeah, absolutely, because you saw you saw it with. Um, you saw with uh, Cosby Show, Malcolm Jamal Warner. You saw him direct an episode, write an right. episode. So you know it's it's kind of like it's it's uh it's it's it, it works hand in hand. So let me let me ask you what's what's up now? What's uh what you got going? What's coming out? What can I expect uh, to see you in next? Man, um, I did a couple of web series. Um. Uh, there's a film that'll be out, I want to say April, March, April, called Preacher's Son from uh, the, from the writer Carl Weber, who also had a movie that was in theaters called The Man in 3D. Uh, right, that was right. over um, uh, last year. So this is another one of his books uh, called Preacher's Son. And then there's choir director that follows that. So um, I don't know when that's going to be released, but I do know Preacher's, uh, Preacher's Son. Um, will be released, I think, around March, April. Um, other than that, man, doing, like I said, doing some web series, doing a couple of sketches, and, uh, you know, auditioning. Right now, we're we're kind of gearing up for pilot season, where you have these new shows, and, you know, people, you know, you, you get the opportunity to be on a TV show, so we're gearing up for that right now, man, and, you know, that's, that's it, man. We just stay ready, so we ain't got to get ready. That's interesting that you mentioned pilot season, um, especially with the the I guess entering of Netflix and Amazon to the whole TV game, yeah. especially mm-hmm. Amazon with them giving the one pilot and then if it pops, they film 13 episodes Absolutely. right away. How's that changing Absolutely. the game for y'all? It, it's changing a lot. Same thing me and me and Ronrico were talking about that is that now because we've been in the game so long, we've kind of seen the game evolve to digital, and now you have more of uh, opportunity. Um, if you are a director, writer, or an actor, you have more of an opportunity now to be able to get on a show because you have the Crackles, the Hulus, the, the Netflixes, the Amazon. Um, so now you have more of an opportunity to get a project on cable, you know what I'm saying, or get it on a streaming service. So, yeah, I mean, say, say, point, uh, point in case, uh, Mad Dogs. Yeah, Tommy Malcolm, yeah. you know, same thing. He said it was on there, people voted, and boom, they got, you know, 13 episodes. So um, these networks are kind of like, they, they're they scrambling to kind of get their 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 um, their content up because you have so many of these other companies, you know, who are putting these contents together, and it's lasting. You know, mm-hmm. they're getting a fan base, you know, and they're, you know, it, it's, it's doing good. 
You know, it's so funny. I had an, uh, I had put myself on tape for this project for Discovery Channel. You know what I'm saying? When you think of Discovery Channel, you think of nature and everything else, but they're, you know, they're, they're gearing up for, um, they're gearing up for, uh, for scripted series. Harley and Davidson about, uh, about the Harley, Harley Davidson motorcycles. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I put myself on tape for that and, you know, we just waiting and seeing what's going on. Um, but yeah, yeah. So you have, you have these, you have so many more opportunities to, to, to land, to land something or get something placed. Now, I hate to circle back around to this Stacey Dash and her comments. Man, man, <laughs> let me tell you something, bro. I think, I think Roland Martin put it eloquently. Mm-hmm. You don't know what you're talking about. Um, and you should, you should, you should, you should really, really go somewhere and sit down, you know, for you to be able to use the most right wing conservative platform to set black people back. You know, that's ridiculous. Like, how are you going to say we don't need black history month? Are you kidding me? (laughs) Like, if we don't have BET, if we don't have the image awards, we have nothing. Right. And Oscar so white proves that right there. You know what I'm saying? And for her to say that, for her to come out of her mouth for that man, you know, I think it's just, it's sad. It really is sad, man, that she's selling herself out for a check, you know? But, you know, I, you know, she doesn't have to worry about ever, you know, being on BET or ever being invited to any award ceremony that deals with African-Americans because I think they got that loud and clear. I think I think it was just sad. It was just a sad statement that it is. It is. There's no way you could even come close to believing what you said. Nah, there's no way you can come back from that either, man. Right. There's so no let's talk about it. I think I read an article where they they were uh, interviewing a bunch of the Academy voters, and some of them were admitting they hadn't even seen the films that they nominated. Yeah, and, of course. You know how. Is it that we should stop worrying about the Oscars because they're so out of touch and unrelated to anything that anyone who's walking the streets has seen or interested in? Or should we really be pushing for change in that organization? Um, I mean, you can, but this is the thing is that we, we have to really look at it is that we, we are trying to get validation from somebody that doesn't, that doesn't want to give us that or doesn't invite us to those things anyway. Right. You know what I'm saying? So why do that? And I think that that doubles back to that's why we have the Image Awards, that's why we have the Trumpet Awards and Celebration of Gospel and and all this other stuff is that, you know what I'm saying? We, uh, this is our thing. This This is, this is, you know what I mean? This is our awards show and that's how we order those you know, that, that have come and put in the You know? Well, look, I'm not going to take much more of your time, man. I really appreciate uh, just talking to you. Man, hey, same here, brother. Same here, man. It was a good time. It was fun. And uh, we'd love to have you back at another time. Hey, um, man. Just just give me just give me the shot, brother. Yeah, if anything you want to promote, you you wrote something, you're producing something, you're directing something, you're starring in something, or you just saw something you liked on TV and want to talk about it. Just you hit me up. We always yeah. have you back. <laughs> yeah, just uh, you know, just just uh, like I said, follow me. I'm on uh, I'm on uh, Instagram at Kareem Grimes. 
Um, everything is at Kareem Grimes, Instagram, Twitter, um, Snapchat, Facebook. Um, like I said, we got Preacher Son coming out around March, April. Um, people can actually go on YouTube and, and check out some of the stuff I've been in. Uh, there's a couple of web series that are on there. One is called uh, Bag Lady. Then uh, there's another one called The Therapist. Um, there's another one called Sister Did What. Uh, so these are things that people can be able to go in there and just, you know, check out, check out my work, but also just, you know, support these other artists, uh, these directors and writers that are, you know, putting good content up on, on YouTube and that, and not just saying, oh, I'm going to get a camera and just cooning and buffooning, you know what I'm saying, but actually putting some thought, some, 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 you know, uh, some thinking behind it and actually putting up good content. So, yeah, man, just that. And, uh, you know, like I said, if, if I, and I'm also on Periscope too, so I get up on there once in a while and, uh, you know, people ask questions about the business. I, you know, be able to uh, give them from my perspective as much as I can. Uh, but that's pretty much it, man. You know, other than that, it's just like just, you know, just just keep sticking and staying and, and watch where we go with it. Right. And, I mean, obviously you're going to be working forever because you literally will do anything. Almost, 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 almost. Not, not, not at all. But, <laughs> you know, we definitely, we definitely want to portray, uh, we definitely want to, you know, get that image. And really change the narrative of, you know, definitely we're doctors, we're lawyers, you know, we're pilots, we're, we're, you know, we're heroes as well, you know, and, uh, you know, we're going to so pray for Stacy. Yeah, yeah, we definitely going to pray for Stacy. And, uh, you know, in, in good news, we definitely want to celebrate, uh, uh, Nate Parker for his, uh, his, uh, birth of a nation being bought, uh, for 17 million, 17.5 million. And it only cost him eight to make it, but actually his passion project, you know, him being able to just not do any acting roles, turn down roles for this passion project and see the rewards of it, you know. But this is going to be a new step in, you know what I'm saying, the content and, you know, showing us in a, in a positive light, but also showing us in these heroic roles and how we contribute to this country. You know what I'm saying? And, and, you know, and I think, like I said, this is, like I said, this is a new step, man, and I'm excited. Um, you're a face you that too, I've man. seen my whole life, <laughs> pretty much. <you> know. <laughs> we're of a similar age, so, you know, yeah. you were coming of age on screen while I was watching, and I appreciate that. And no, like I said, you, man, man. We, we, we definitely want you back, so we'll be in touch. We definitely Absolutely. will. Absolutely. 